All right, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew 6 and the Lord's Prayer for just a moment. We're going to be teaching tonight from beginning with Matthew 6, but our lesson is entitled Forgive, and we're going to uh, use the Lord's Prayer as the starting point. Uh, They're going to, okay, there it is, and we're going to stand just for a moment as we... uh, We'll read a little few verses here. Let's pick it up in uh, verse 9. So we'll read a couple verses and then we're going to talk about uh, forgive and forgiveness and the importance and value of these things. So uh, I felt this on my heart for some time and uh, we're going to think about the power of forgiveness and the power of love. You don't have to kill and get revenge. If you're wronged, then there are godly, moral ways to deal with all kinds of things. You don't have to shoot a man, not to kill them. You don't have to beat them half to death. You can forgive, you can love. But we're in a world that's challenging the very fabric of Christian ideology that forgiveness is powerful and love is powerful. As Dr. King once said, we, uh, quoting Jesus, love your enemies. And I'm not going to be popular tonight. Don't plan on being popular. I plan on talking about the power of forgiveness. And so we're entitling it forgive, or we could say forgive one another, because one of our key verses will be Ephesians 4. But, but not yet. We're just going to call it forgive. Everybody say forgive. And let's begin in verse 9 together, shall we? After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us as... And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's pray before we're seated. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you, Lord, for truth. No matter how unpopular, thank you for the truth, Lord, that saves us. But we're not going to get to heaven by beating the gates of pearl down. We're going to get there because you invite us in. And we thank you for it, praise you for it. And I pray, God, that the truth and the glory of God will be manifest in these last days in Jesus' name. And we said amen, amen, amen. God bless you as you're, as you're seated. Now, we're, uh, we're, we're going to look at a few scriptures here. But before we go, uh, uh, stay right here. Before we do, I want to talk about <clears throat> this, uh, this Lord's Prayer in, in terms of forgiveness. Uh, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's the most powerful prayer. I've been praying the Lord's Prayer every single day for many years. And it can take me hours to pray the Lord's Prayer. Because when you begin, and it's interesting to me, and that's why I want to start here before we go dissecting other scriptures or thinking about other scriptures. Whatever we're going to do, I'm not trying to get too deep, although it is deep. Some of you are going to say, whoa, Brother French, why, what, brought, what made you think of that? Well, because these are things on my heart. In an age when people are challenging, even whether you should love your neighbor or not, 
That's the kind of age that we're in. We don't know which bathroom to use. We don't know right from wrong. The church needs a biblical answer. And forgiveness is as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. It's still true and it's still right. And the church needs to live by it. It's hypocritical Christians that's destroying. It's, it's not the world that's destroying the church. It's the church that can destroy the church. The gates of hell can't prevail against the true church. But if you, if you could care less about the church and you claim to be the church, well, then you're never forgiving. You're never loving. You're only loving when it puts money in your pocket or whatever. Then that's not true Christianity. But true forgiveness and true love. So, uh, so the Lord's Prayer uh, has us uh, praying for a good, uh, let's say, at least half an hour. I mean, it depends on how you pray. If you pray an hour a day or so well then if you're if you're using the lord's prayer which i do i like doing it for years i didn't and i tried many models and i realized hey the best thing for me to do is use the lord's prayer and so i've been praying the lord's prayer i don't pray you know our father don't do that don't do it at all the minute i say father i've got my first 10 minutes father hallelujah nice to talk to you today amen and so you begin to pray, and next thing you know, you're, you're, you're moving along. Our Father, which art in heaven. How many are glad to know we have a God that's over everything, and he created it all, and he's in heaven, and there is a heaven. Praise God. How many are thankful that there's a heaven to be gained? And so you're praying, and you're going through, and thy will... Uh, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And so you begin to praise his name. I, sometimes I, I get so caught up in glorifying his name and thinking about his name and, and saying every name I can think of that leads me to Jesus and all the titles that he, that he carried and all of his, his characteristics and begin to praise him. And, and I say, Lord, forgive the Hollywood for cursing every breath and using religious things as they're cursing. And, and, and forgive us, Lord, for a culture and help America to repent of its sin. And you just keep praying, hallowed be thy name. For every time the devil has, uh, has cussed and caused others to curse, Lord, let us be full of holiness, praise God. So you've been praying all that time. And how many notice what you have not prayed yet? Hallowed be thy name. You haven't even really, some people don't even think the prayer has started when they get there. I, I'm not one of them, but many of your uh, 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 folks will say, well, you're not praying until you get to the words, thy kingdom come. And then you start praying and the devil says, oh, I'm not going to let the kingdom come. And you say, the kingdom's going to come. Come out of them, devil. Get out of here, devil. You're praying thy kingdom come. Let the Holy Ghost fall. And the devil said, nobody wants the Holy Ghost. And you start rebuking the devil. I rebuke you, devil. You're a liar. Our God is greater than any demon in hell. Then sometimes I like to poke a little fun at him and say, go tell your master that he's a loser. See what I'm saying? You've been praying for a good while. The kingdom come and you pray the kingdom and, and you see all the places and I pray for the apostolic movement and I pray for our missionaries. This morning I prayed for, uh, 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 I, I'm not trying to give my prayer away. I'm simply telling you that, that you can pray for missionaries for a long time. And you ask God to move in China and move in Liberia and move over here and move in, in Europe and, and anoint people and let the blessing of God flow. How many believe that prayer changes things? 
But what haven't you prayed? You've been praying all that time. You've not prayed a single minute of repentance. Nowhere did Jesus say, get on your knees, repent for an hour and a half, and then start this prayer. Because the church is supposed to be repentant. The church is saved. But in the middle of this prayer, after you've already given us this day, if I, need, if I need a good hour, and I've been really rushing up to this point, and I get to give us this day, say that with me, give us this day our daily bread. Well, then you've got a good hour right there. All the needs, just believe in God. How many knows that prayer changes things? Listen, you're not going to receive answers to prayer you never prayed. You've got to pray them. And I, someone told me some time ago, I'm not judging. Um, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Um, so so I'm, I'm going to try to just uh, move on. You're way into the Lord's prayer. Before you say, and forgive us. Because we're in a generation of people that quibble over when do you receive forgiveness. I have people will say to me, I don't, you don't have to be baptized. And you say, well, but yes, but the Bible says repent and be baptized. Oh, yes, but you don't have to do that. Yes, but it says to do that. Why would you not want to? Well, because I, we, we don't baptize that way. Or they will quibble over whether water baptism can wash your sins away. Acts 2.38, of course, is uh, troublesome to many because they don't want to obey it. Repent and what? Every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. What for? For the remission of sins. And so it is. You're baptized in order to obtain the remission of sins. Someone said, well, why would you need baptism in addition to anything else? Some people think all they're going to do is bow their heads. Lord, I'm sorry. Here I am. Everything's fine. Are we cool? That's the way they treat God. But folks, I want to tell you something. It's, it's, it's a little more significant than just to walk in and say, hey, I'm, am I cool with you, God? Folks, you're talking eternity here. And forgiveness is the greatest bargain in all the world. By the way, why would you not want to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Why don't we just clap our hands and praise God? So what, what I'm saying is that none of, none of those things are simple matters. I rarely meet a pastor in this city that agrees with me that all of his saints should be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. No matter what you show him in Scripture. In fact, I had one recently I wrote, a not here, many of you never read it, but I wrote an article that went all over the place about uh, First uh, Peter, Second Peter, and the, the Apostle Peter's view of baptism, that baptism doth also now save us. And man, did I, oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe the folks. Why baptism? They were, said, well, I, all I did was quote the Apostle Peter. That's, that's how people think they can just sort of do their own thing and they're going to make it. Folks just say, well, have, you, have you spoken in tongues when you got the Holy Ghost? So there's all kinds of, 
attempts people make to just sidestep what Scripture says, and they just think everything's okay. But it's not okay. You've got to obey the Word of God. Anybody believe that tonight? Some people think, now listen to me, some people think they're going to heaven. They don't have to be holy at all. They can be just like a Hollywood star. They can cuss like any Hollywood movie star. They watch it. They're, they're literally engulfed in it. Their whole lives are consumed by it. The television or something similar has completely uh, got a hold of them. And they, they don't think it makes any difference how they live. That's the kind of world that we're in. But it does make a difference how you live. And holiness is essential. But we're in a culture where they say no. And, and you know what? They think the minute they say no, 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 that everybody's going to back down. But I got news for you, my friend. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going to be preached until the end of the world. And the truth is going to be preached until the end. It's going to be preached. And it's true. Praise God. Okay, now let's go. Uh, wait a minute. My, what, what, what is happening? Okay, let's go to uh, Romans. Now, they're going to try to follow me. Um, now, let's, let's go. So, so what am I saying? I am saying that forgiving others and living a life of love and forgiveness. By the way, I'm not developing it. What I'm going to do tonight, I'm not trying to tiptoe here. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be very thoughtful about the importance of Christian values. You cannot forgive without love. If you don't love people, you're not going to forgive people. In fact, the basis of... Not, so I'm not trying to be cool. I'm not trying to be uh, deep. I'm not trying to be uh, smart here. I'm trying to say that if you cannot love, you can't forgive. The basis of forgiveness is in love. That's how come you forgive. You say, well, how can you forgive? And, and so I'm going to... If I can get to it, I don't know... Uh, I'm so wound up, I'm not sure I can do it. But what I'm trying to work my way toward, and maybe in the next round of this, which will be down the road a bit, we'll talk more about how forgiveness literally can change the world. It can change, love can change the world. How many knows that being like Jesus can change the world? Being like a, a, a motorcycle gang that blows people's brains out, that's not going to change the world. The world getting more and more evil and less and less like Jesus, that's not going to change the world. But God is able to change the world through principles and through truth that changes our lives. That's why holiness changes our life. That's why. Now, let's go to Romans uh, 4 because I want to complete this idea that, and I'm, I, I grabbed this picture and it already had the scripture on it, so I had to look it up and it turned out to be the New American Standard Bible, the NASB they call it. But uh, So I'm going to read it. And so the, the uh, picture, I, I put the picture of the bridge there because I wanted you to get the idea that, um, that, that forgiveness leads somewhere very, very significant. And that's, I don't know if that bridge makes you think that. It looks kind of rickety now that I look. But anyway, you know what I'm saying. You, you've got, you need to get through, and, and there's, a, there's the passageway. So God's forgiveness is a blessing. Now look at Romans 4 here. We're going to look at 7 and 8. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven. So I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible, and I've just told you because it was on this plaque, and I copied the plaque, 
looked it up and found out they got that from the New American Standard Bible. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven. How many are thankful tonight that you've been forgiven? Praise God. Praise God. And whose sins have been covered? Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. So we're talking there. Notice I put Romans 3.25. See that in the yellow? I put that on there. I put the picture of the bridge. Underneath there, there's another picture. But I put this one over. I like my picture better than their picture. And then I put the scripture, and I just put the phrase. Would read it. Can you read it with me? Remission of sins that are past. Someone once asked me, why does it sometimes say remission, sometimes say forgive, and uh, it's a bit interesting answer, but one of the answers is that when you're talking about sins, you have a whole lifetime of sin and you're going to be lost because God's going to look at your lifetime of sin and say you're a sinner, you can't enter in. Then we have those sins remitted. And so the idea of remission is It's still forgiveness. It's the same word, but I'm talking about why do the English translators sometimes say remission instead of forgiveness? Because the idea of remission is often we think of it as all that has happened to me before. I was a drunkard. I was a murderer. I want to tell you something, my friend. There's nothing you can do that God cannot forgive. Praise God. There's nothing you've done to man. Now, there's something you can do to God that cannot be forgiven. They, the Bible refers to it as the unforgivable. But, but I'm not referring to that. You, a sinner, I don't believe a sinner can even commit that sin. That's my own opinion. But my point is that once you've been a sinner and all of a sudden all those years of sin are washed away. How many are thankful that you've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. So we can quibble all day whether that washing takes place in water or not. We can quibble and say, well, it it happened when I just bowed my head. I prayed two seconds and I went home. We can quibble over that. And uh, there's not a scripture in the whole Bible that says your sins are washed away when you bow your head, you say a little simple prayer, and then you go home. There's nothing in the Bible that says that. I know churches that think it, but that doesn't mean it's true. What I'm trying to tell you is I'd rather believe the Bible. How many think that's a good idea? <laughs> Praise God. I had, a, I had a guy recently told me, he said, you know, tell me, you, you, you're, you're taking the Bible too seriously here. I said, well, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That was very kind of you to say so. All right. So it is that our, with the, all of our past sins are, are washed away. But, and so he will never to remember them again. How many are thankful for that? Now, so we still need forgiveness. Everybody say praise the Lord. Let's go to the next overlay. Because every single day, every single day, we need forgiveness. Now, <clears throat> We need forgiveness, and that's what we, and I'm not even going to get into that tonight, but we're referring to it because we're fixing to pass that. And that is, we pray, Lord, forgive us our debts. The, 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 um, Matthew says it that way. Now, Luke doesn't use that expression, but Matthew does. Here we go. I'm about, we're going to come to this. We're going to switch gears. I know you're tired. Tell some of you are like, oh, Brother French, we, please forgive us, but we need to go home. But listen, listen to me. We need to think about the power of forgiveness and why it is we need to pray every day. If some of you are praying once a month and that's when you're getting forgiveness, you're in serious trouble. 
You need to start praying every single day. Lord, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And that, that scripture to me is one of the most powerful. If, if nothing else, I'm not even going to get to it tonight. We just use it as a, something to bounce off of. But, but to forgive as, as forgive me as I forgive my debtors. But Jesus, I mean, <laughs> Matthew, of course it's Jesus, but Matthew records it in his account of the prayer. Forgive us our debts. Everyone say debts. How many ever heard of being forgiven a debt? Okay, that's very different than saying wash it away. Although some people might think of a chalkboard or maybe a ledger and you, you owe this amount. Here's your debt. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here. Everything you owe can be washed away. Okay, let, let's, let's look here now at Ephesians 4. This is more or less the key scripture for uh, forgiving. Be kind. And of course, this is from the, what, where's it from? RSV. This is another plaque. I got the plaque. It's their picture. It's their uh, translation. In other words, I had to look it up, but it's the RSV. And uh, I was going to use it in a way and type it in the King James. And I thought, well, maybe I can find a plaque that's a little prettier and I don't have to make it pretty. All right, so there it is. I mean, you may not think that's pretty, but let me think that looks pretty. The ocean, I mean, it's just kind of pretty. Okay, I mean, isn't that beautiful having Ephesians 4.32 over a wave of the ocean? No? I can't seem to get you to even. Uh, blue is pretty. Anybody think blue? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, so let's read. Now, this is the RSV. Let's read it together. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Praise God. So, of course, we're looking here that forgiveness is. Demanded because it is the very foundation of being like Christ. And so love and forgiveness basically are, we could say in a sense, they're, they're, they're all, they're separate, but they're all together. I don't even know if you could divide forgiveness and love from each other. In, in reality, now you can, in your mind, you can do it and think, okay, that's forgiveness and that's love. But they're really wrapped up together. Praise God. So be kind to one another. Say that with me. Be kind to one another. The Bible says so. You don't, you don't have an option. You can't be pulled over for a traffic thing and shoot somebody. You can't do it. You can't do it. You think, well, I've got a right, and so I'll just do what I choose. I want to tell you something else. It's not just a bunch of heathens that's doing this. There's folks that have an attitude of sticking a gun in your face. As though now protecting and so on. We're going to look at that in just a minute. The whole idea is, well, what do you do? What if the Nazis come in and knock your door down and say, give me the Jews and we're going to kill them right now? Are you obligated because of love and forgiveness to just hand people over? What if some robber comes in your home and says, I'm going to take your kids and sell them on the market? Are you supposed to say, well, where, where are they? Where are those babies? No, no, no. See, it's not easy. No, I didn't say it was easy, but it's still true. It's still absolute. There are laws that govern us, and they're the laws of God. You can't say I can marry a man or I marry a woman. I marry a moose or a cow or a cat. You, there are laws of God that we follow, and they're God. They're sacred. They're holy. And so is be kind to one another. And you can flip your fingers at it and act like kindness means nothing. Only weak-minded, uh, you know, people like Jesus, they're the only ones to be kind to folks. 
and you will lose your soul and you will never be forgiven. Now you listen to me. You can get in the waters of baptism. Oh, I, Lord, I'm too certain. Okay, okay, okay. Praise God. You can go up there and get baptized. Have every sin you ever committed your whole life washed away. And if you never ask for forgiveness again, you will be full of sin. And you will be just as lost as the day you walked into a baptistry. If you think that because you went into a baptismal tank and you joined the United Pentecostal Church that that means you're perfect from then on, then you're as goofy as, uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. All right. No, you're only going to be saved if you're a Christian. That means like him, like Christ. Be kind one to another. You want to know what you want to see it wrapped up. You want to you want to understand it. Lord, forgive us our debts. Lord, take every sin and wash it away. You may think you can keep sinning and not be forgiven, but you will not be saved if you disregard God's forgiving voice and power. You pray every day. In fact, why don't we lift our hands and thank him for what he's done in our lives for his forgiving power. Praise God. Lord, make us, make us tenderhearted. Make us tenderhearted. Praise God. So you can see how it's, it's critical to understand. Someone is, uh, let's say someone wants to destroy you. Are you supposed to say, okay, here, here's my head. Just chop it off. Is Jesus saying, be a blithering I'm okay. This French, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay. No, no, it doesn't mean someone says the color of your skin means blah, 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 and I'm just supposed to put up with that. That's not what Jesus said. He didn't say that you're just a little... of brainless person that just bounces around and says I love everybody I love everybody I love everybody it's not what love is no 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 that's not what love is no Jesus didn't say be just a be like a balloon that's floating around oh I love you I love you I love you that's not what love is that's not what forgiveness is and I tell you tonight that when you are like Christ you have become one of the most charactered people in all of the world and even and how many knows that even when the enemy comes in after you, let's say the enemy thinks they're going to destroy you because of whatever it may be. Let's say let's change. Let's keep changing the subject. Uh, the the, uh, <laughs> the 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 example. For example, let's say you have something and they want it, and they could care less about law, so they're going to take what you have. Let's say they came in and said, "We want that. That's what we want right there." And you're supposed to say, "Well, can, can I help you? Where's your car? Where's your truck?" You want all everything in my house? Well, here it is. Just go, go right ahead. Some people, by the way, have the idea that love and forgiveness means that every time somebody is against you, you're supposed to be like this 
dog that, you know, tongue hangs out. That's not at all what Jesus said. Now, I know he was like a lamb to the slaughter. Nobody's trying to overcome scripture here. What I'm trying to tell you is that forgiveness is more powerful. It is more powerful than that. When you practice forgiveness, it is powerful. Just like when he forgives you. Unforgiven sin can keep you out of heaven. You, you Don't you dare get to the gates and say, my pastor never said unforgiven sin would keep me out. I'm telling you right now. And if you think you're so good then that's what you need to be getting forgiveness for. You think you're so good, you don't ever need forgiveness. That's what you need forgiveness for. That you think you're so good. You wouldn't even be going to heaven if it weren't for somebody else's blood. A man that died on a cross and savagely crucified for you. Every single day you wake up, you ought to be praising God. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. This is what we've stood for. This is what we stand for. We need to pray and we need to exercise forgiveness in our lives. Everyone said amen. Now let's go to the next scripture. Let's see what it is. Okay, now we're going to, here we go. And, and can we, are you able to go back to the, the uh, what, go forward? Right here. So we never talked about the fact that the Greek word here for, for forgive. See, there's really two major words, and we're about to look at the second one. It doesn't matter what that one is, but the point is that this Greek word, well, it does matter. We'll just look at it. Charizomenoi, uh, all right? It doesn't matter to you, but the point is, or to me, but, but the essential point here is that this is a unique word for forgive, and it means to freely Forgive, because it's really the Greek word grace. To forgive with grace. Now, this word is rarely used. It's, uh, I, I'm just having to think. It'd be interesting to know. I, I don't know. I, let me think. Where are we here? I can't understand why sometimes it means to freely forgive, and other times it doesn't mean that. So that's a sermon in itself. I've never preached it. I've never taught unforgiveness in my life. But here I am tonight saying that the church needs to be full of forgiveness. And I want to tell you something. If you don't have the spirit of Christ, you're going to get more and more bitter as we get closer to the coming of the Lord. Because this world's in trouble. They're acting out of the devil's play handbook. They're acting out of Satan's plan. And they're not going to do it according to the will of God. But the church is going to be like Jesus. We're going to live like Jesus. They can do what they will. We've got the love of God in our lives. Praise God. Love is very powerful. If you think love is, is for pansies, is that a bad word? Is that a bad word? You're not sure? Okay, I'm not either. Lord... Forgive us, we know not what we do. I mean a bed, that's a flower? Okay. Um, I didn't really mean that word. I don't know how that, have I ever said that word? I don't think I've ever said that word. Um, it's, I hope it's the anointing. <laughs> we better look it up and not say it again. I, w I wasn't going to say it again. I'm just wondering if it's, 
if it's okay to say that word. But what I meant was, uh, what are we talking about? No, I meant uh, love is not just for weak, weaklings, weaklings. Love is just for weaklings. In other words, loving people is not just thing, something that weak people do. I want to tell you what weak people do is they hate. That's what they do. And blowing your brains out and being a smart aleck is not powerful. It is a shame. It is a stink in God's nostrils. And disrespect that doesn't come from God. But love comes from God. Love is powerful. When you truly love, it is powerful. You can be right down to your last breath and you can hold her hand. And love is so powerful that it binds you together to the grave. This world, the Hollywood trying to talk about love, they have no clue what love is. What they're peddling is not love. I can guarantee you that. All right, so, so it is. Love is very powerful. Now we're going to look at the doctrine here. Let's go. We're going to look at the Lord's Prayer again. This is how Christians receive forgiveness. Lord, forgive us our debts. Can you read that first line? And forgive us our debts. Now what really intrigues me, let me catch my breath. I, I, I'm like, it's like I'm preaching. Um, and I'm not. I'm just talking, but I'm so... If you think I'm happy with the culture losing its way, America, America, I, I know you all of America is going to listen to this sermon. The entire nation is going to listen to this sermon. Right after the Republican and Democratic convention, they're all going to tune in and listen to this sermon. And so this is what I say to America. You need to repent. America, you need to repent. And you need to ask forgiveness from God. Praise God. All right, so let's go now to the next one uh, that we were going to stay a little time. Do you notice the Greek word? <laughs> See the Greek word there? Office. That's the main word. That's the word that's translated remission, for example, in Acts 2.38. For the remission of sin. So here's, here's how Acts 2.38 reads. And we could read others, but I'm just doing this. To, to see how it's used. Repent and what? Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Not because. I would say not because. I was preaching one night back, uh, way back there to about, oh, at least. Remember that convention? And there was, I would say there was at least... Mm, very close to 3,000 people. I don't know the exact number, but it was, I mean, we were packed. They were in the balconies. Remember, you know what I'm talking about? And I said, there's not a time in the entire Bible that the word here in Acts 2.38, where it says for, everybody say for, which is the Greek word ice, for the remission, that it ever means because. Because somebody had said, well, it must mean because. So you, you, you get saved and then you get baptized because you're saved. That's what they were saying. Said The Bible never said that. Because the word for, never, everybody say never. 
I mean, I said that. I said it's used 3,000 times. I have a degree in Greek. I'll, I'll put my reputation on the line. And what else did I say? I'll, I said something else. That wasn't just my reputation. I'll eat a, the paper it's written on or something. I was just under the anointing, folks. And I said, and I'll eat an elephant or whatever. I don't remember what it was. Go back and listen. Who, who cares at this point? And I, you cannot believe the people that contacted me. Well, how dare you say that for never means because? Well, I dare because for never means because. The word ice never, 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 never. It doesn't mean because. There's a word for that. There's several words for that. And it's never ice. Because ice means forward motion. You want to get to forgiveness? Then you've got to get in the water. You've got to get in the water. One guy called me and said, that is the most arrogant thing I've ever heard of. You're claiming that the only way for sins to be remitted is through water baptism. I said, that's what I'm claiming. You got it just exactly right. He said, that's not possible. Because, and he began listing them, and I said, okay, I understand that. He, he listed the churches that don't do that. That would mean they're an error. I said, well, I don't know. I, I would never say that. I'd never get up and say, this church is an error, and I disagree with them, therefore, uh, I'm, that would be total arrogance. To state my, to say as though the Bible said, okay, that church is in total error. It's not what God called me to do. He called me to preach the truth. And the truth is, you're baptized in order to access or move into the forgiveness of your sins. As Romans 3 says, that are past. The way you do that is to be baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. He said, well, if you would soften it and say, just baptize any way you want, that'd be less arrogant. In other words, lots of people get baptized so that at least they'd be, have been baptized. And if you include all the ones that were baptized as babies, we, we went and I said, well, as far as I'm concerned, if you're baptized any other way, Then in the name of Jesus, you just got wet. That's how I feel. It was not true baptism. True baptism's in the name of Jesus. And so the remedy is very simple. Get baptized in Jesus' name. It isn't like, okay, that's really hard. Well, yeah, but that narrows it down into so many good people. Yes, okay. That's up to between them and God. God never told me to preach. Okay, a lot of good people, never been baptized, don't care a rip about it. Didn't tell me to preach that. He told me to preach the word of God. Forgiveness is powerful. It can change your life and it can turn you around. Everybody say praise the Lord. All right, so let's look at three things based upon the Lord's prayer. Forgive us our debts. Say that with me. Forgive us our debts. Say that with me. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. All right? So the first thing is, 
that forgiven people are forgiving. If you're forgiven, now I know there are forgiven people that walk away. They're not forgiving. But forgiven people, maybe it'd be better to say, I'm not going to change it. Because I still believe if you're praying every day, Father, forgive me. Oh, hallelujah. In fact, why don't we lift our hands? Let's pray that God will stir our nation and call them to repentance so that they might be forgiven. Can we pray that prayer just for a moment? Father, tonight, Lord, we know that this is a Bible study, but but our hearts are hungry. God, I pray that you will... Touch our leaders, touch our nation, a nation full of hate and bitterness, Lord, that needs a touch of God. Most of Americans today are wondering how they can find their way back to decency. Lord, let there be a clear sound. Jesus, Jesus is the answer. Praise God. Jesus is the answer. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody here love the Lord tonight? He's the answer. So if you've been getting forgiven, every day you're praying, you're going to be a forgiving person. If God has taken your sins, now there have been times that someone is really bad and I had a hard time. Oh man, I just can hardly forgive them. You know what I mean? And, uh, and then I, something would start working on me. The Lord would say, hey, 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 hey. Okay. The Lord would have to work on me. And I believe God has called Apostolic Tabernacle to city with the truth, with hope. Anybody believe we've got a message of hope tonight? Anybody can be forgiven. If you've been forgiven, you're going to be forgiving. Now let's go to the next one. That's number one. Number two, outgrow the need for forgiveness. Every day you wake up, folks, I, I've been preaching for since I was uh, preached my first sermon. I was 16 years old back in uh, Truman, Arkansas. My pastor said, you be ready. I said, I feel called to preach. I don't know what to do. My folks don't come to church. I know I'm just a nobody, but what should I do? He said, you be ready. And uh, any time, he said, I'm not going to tell you when. You be ready. And when I need you, I'm just going to say tomorrow's the day. That's what I'll do. And so I started getting ready and... And several, uh, you know, weeks went by and, and I was scared to death and I felt like I had uh, cotton in my mouth. My mouth got so dry. Uh, I was scared to death, but I told the Lord I was called. I had, to, I had to preach no matter what. And that church with all those hundreds of people. Did, did you, uh, you all ever... Um, uh, Brother Sister Hurst, did you all ever go to the Truman Church? You ever be over there? Okay. Um, there used to be a pastor. I won't say who it was then because there's no point in it. But anyway, when I first went there and, and my brother was baptized, the pastor that was there, they were, I mean, the church was so packed out. Uh, would you think it was this, maybe not quite this big, but pretty good size and not much smaller than this. Uh, have you been there, Brother Latta? Preached in Truman many times? All right, so, so you know what I'm talking about. And so when, the first time I walked in the doors of that church, and there, there were like hundreds. I mean, I'm going to just say about 400 people. They were just packed in there. You could barely get in the building. 
and uh, my brother got baptized, and then we started making that our home church. And then it wasn't just a little while later that the Lord began to call me to preach, and I, I was college age, and I felt like God wanted me to preach. I'm like, well, what, what do you think? You're cuckoo. You're, you're a pre. You're, you're no more called to preach than a kangaroo. What are you talking about? And the pastor says, I thought the pastor would say, well, Talmadge, that's good, and pat me on the head and say, come back in about six years, and, and uh, we'll, we'll see how you're doing, and, and so on and so forth. Or go dig out the, uh, the ditch or whatever. And, and, and instead he said, okay, you be ready. I'll just call you. You'll be preaching the next morning. And that's exactly what he did. And I've been preaching ever since I was 16 years old. Studying, went to college and stayed in college until about 30 seconds ago. And I've been just doing all this stuff. And, and yet, every day that I have lived, I have said, forgive me, Lord, of my debts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because, Lord, even if, even if it's just a little sliver or whatever it is, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I need your touch in my life. I need your glory. I want to be like you, Jesus. In fact, many times I repent of the fact that I'm not like the Lord, like I need to be. That I just start repenting, Lord, I'm not, I, I, I'm not what I should be. I want to be better. I want to love more. I want to care more. I want to pray more. I haven't prayed enough, Lord. I want to do your will. I need your blessing. Folks, I want to tell you something. There's power in forgiveness, and there's power in the spirit of Jesus Christ being in you. So we never outgrow the need for repentance. Now, number three, let's go to the next one. Forgiveness, Martin Luther Let's read it together. What do he say? Forgiveness is God's command. I wouldn't want to try to find out where you'll end up if you disobey it. Matthew 18, 21. Let's go to the next slide. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. Can you say that with me? Seven times. Now, I, I know you're probably conversant with why such a statement would be made. In other words, the Apostle Peter said, am I supposed to forgive someone seven times? Well, the question is, why seven? Why not eight or something else? And generally... It's probable, there could be other possibilities, but the Jewish rabbis were very consistent in basing upon the book of Exodus that they would come three times for repentance and then God would judge them. And this became part of the Talmud. So it is assumed by some scholars that Peter thought, if I go twice as much as even the Hebrew faith has suggested, you should forgive at least three or four times. But I'll say seven times. And Jesus said, what? No. No, forgiveness is not in the business of counting. Forgiveness is in the business of being like Jesus. That's what we're doing. So we forgive. Now, some people have a spirit that's very, they have a hard time forgiving. 
We sometimes think of it, or I, I think of it as an unforgiving spirit or an attitude that's unforgiving. It could be based in a lot of things, but let's think of a couple. One that I see is it's in, based in bitterness. That bitterness has so formed the basis of the way they live that they don't have a spirit of forgiveness. Now, some people are just easy, just very forgiving people. You could almost do anything. Oh, no problem. Oh, here, here, just take it, take it. You know, that's just their, maybe it's their upbringing. Could be a lot of things, and it shaped the way they view the way people treat them. And then some people are willing to be abused because um, I knew one, uh, well, uh, uh, there are people who think they ought to be abused. That's how they live. One lady came in and she said, yeah, he's just beat, just beat me. Oh, Brother French, he just beat me, but I deserved it. And I said, oh, no, you did not. And if he lays, don't you tell me, don't you tell me that. Don't you walk in here and tell me he beat you and think that I'm going to be silent. Boy, the next time I saw him, he said, now I want to tell you something. If you want to beat on me, you just have at it. But if I find out, you say, well, Brother French, that wasn't very loving. No. No, there was a higher... responsibility to just oh oh I love who oh, oh, go ahead and beat your wife no 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 it was a higher order now it wasn't just a matter of how loving I was to him now there was something that took priority man breaks in gonna take my kids guess what he's gonna meet me oh you want my kids huh put your face right oh I mean how you doing uh you you get out of here Bless God, you see this right here? This is how, why you're leaving. And I mean now. Because I've just dialed 911 and, the, and there's helicopters flying. Well, you don't lie, but you know, if, you, if you think there are, I mean, you could be. I'm just kidding. But uh, maybe there are helicopters. I can hear helicopters. Do you hear helicopters? No, no, no. No, folks, the idea that love means, oh, just kill me. Kill my kids. Take everything I've got. Treat me like trash. No, sir. Love demands. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I'm going to live like a child of God. Let's stand together. I've, I've, I've gone too long. I want us to pray. I know I didn't get very far, but I want us to pray that God will give us the spirit of forgiveness and love in this generation and baptize us with a brand new spirit of forgiveness. Can we pray together right now, Father? I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. Come on, church. Let's praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I ask God tonight that we will love as you loved. Oh, God, that we will live as you would have us to live. And I pray, Lord, that our love will change this world. I pray that our love will be so powerful that it will be known and it will be seen and felt and that it will reach out to people's lives. And, Lord, we thank you for it. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. I didn't have time to talk about, I mean, I ended on me, uh, that was a little, a little bold there. Of course, humility, uh, you, you sprinkle a little of that in. You know, if you're going to make a salad, you've got to put several things in there.
and you know, there's the helicopter, and here's, here's humility, and you just keep adding it in. But you don't stand there and pretend that being a fool is being loving. And you don't go home and let your husband practically kill you and think you're not worth anything. You are worth something. Praise God. Hallelujah. One sister came to me and didn't know what to do. I said, love can be tough. And you need to exercise some tough love here. And don't say, well, just bring an old woman in here. You put your foot down and respect yourself. you got to love yourself before you can love somebody else. And so love is a powerful thing. I want us to pray. I know we've, I know we've praised him and all that, but I want us to bow our heads. I want us to pray that God will help us to touch our community and love those that are around us. Could we do that right now? Father, we thank you for this people. They're praying that you will make us Lord, a people that are filled with love, compassion, and forgiveness that can make a difference in our community. Lord, it doesn't matter who people are. doesn't matter how bad they are. Help us to go into the jails. Help us to go into the streets and the highways and all around. And I pray that you will give us revival in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. amen. Praise God. Now smile. Turn to someone, shake hands. You're dismissed. I'm, I've kept you a little late here. But just greet one another in Jesus' name. God bless you. We love you. Praise God.